0: Two sixty-six. I'm your host, Hector. Mind Grenade is a pop culture-based show that dives into TV, movies, music, comics, and a whole lot more. And uh, regular listeners of the show probably noticed that there is a little bit of a, <laughs> a little bit of a uh, delay on uh, last week's episode. I had tried to make plans to make sure there was something that went up last week um, while I was on vacation, but it just didn't work out that way. But uh, I am here now to uh, get this show back on the road. And, um, I am looking forward to getting back together with Jason and Ian and Matt to, uh, to do a little bit of catch up on, uh, what they've been up to and, uh, and let you guys know, uh, what, uh, what I was up to during my vacation. But, uh, for right now, I, I kind of just want to do a little bit of, um, a quick kind of, um, a little bit of this, a little bit of that kind of miscellaneous debris kind of episode where, uh. I I don't necessarily do a full-on movie review, but uh, just a little, like I said, a little bit of everything. Having said that, it, it's still going to be a short, short episode. So uh, before I went on vacation, and I spoke about it uh, a little bit on the last episode we recorded, uh, me and the guys, um, I had watched Black Widow in the theater, uh, IMAX. Um, I really enjoyed it. It was I gave it like a B minus. Um, I think I uh, said on the recording on the last recording that it's it it was a good Marvel movie, it wasn't great. So it was more like um I put it in the category of like an Ant-Man or a um I'm trying to think kind of more the average uh uh Marvel movies. Uh, it wasn't quite Thor Ragnarok or Winter Soldier, but it wasn't but it was, wasn't um i'm trying to think of the lesser ones you know what i i i enjoyed it i i I plan on watching it again i think i liked it more than captain marvel um which i like captain marvel um and um and not quite as much as doctor strange i really enjoyed doctor strange even though that movie had some flaws but um i think the i think with doctor strange i think the uh the stuff that it did do right outshined the few flaws. So that, that movie worked for me. Um, but the Black Widow movie, uh, what a strange kind of movie uh, or the circumstances, because it was supposed to come out last year, but also it was supposed to come out even before um, the circumstances of last year. It was supposed to come out years ago as well, because you can tell because as soon as you start watching this movie, you realize that it... had taken place between Captain America 3, Captain America Civil War, and Avengers Infinity War. So it was caught in the middle of those two wars. Um, So it kind of implies that it was supposed to come out uh, several movies ago in Phase 3, and now it's the beginning of Phase 4. I don't think that really messed me up in any way. I I, kind of knew that going in. Uh, But um, it just wanted to point out how strange this movie is. Uh, outside of the movie itself, just uh, the circumstances um, with the studio, and 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 how you know uh, Scarlett Johansson is such a A list movie star, and it's been for a, quite a while. I was kind of I was trying to like wrap my head around that entire thing about like why did why did these other actors get their movies before she did. Is it because of the gender thing or blah 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 blah? And I don't like getting into that stuff because it's I think uh, identity politics are just bullshit anyway. But um, I did kind of just trying to justify it. You know, is it because you know what? What is it? Um, one of the things I looked at was that uh, it can just go back to the comics. The comic, I mean, uh, Disney and Marvel have kind of really kept to. For the most part, how the books were laid out back in uh, in the 60s, 70s and 80s, you know, like um, they're they're uh, Captain America and Thor and Iron Man had their books prior to Black Widow having her book, uh, her books um, published, you know, before she went on her solo. So if we're going if we're basing it, which is not a good enough excuse, but I'm just like I said, I'm just trying to wrap my head around it a little bit, just intellectually comprehend it. The uh, the approach, because um, this whole argument that uh, Hollywood or the public isn't accepting of a female lead is in a superhero or action movie, I, I think it's bullshit. Because there's examples of 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 women leading. You know, I mean, the first Wonder Woman, or even the second one that didn't get really good reviews. It's still made plenty of money and had a plenty of love. So, um, I'm trying to think of other, uh, female led movies. Um, Mad Max, Fury Road. Um, even though they didn't like promote it as a female lead, uh, being, uh, the attract, uh, being the, uh, the way that movie was laid out, it's still became quite beloved. Uh, after people realized that Charlize Theron was the lead in that movie, uh, even though her name wasn't on the marquee. Or it wasn't the marquee, but the title of the movie was Mad Max, not, um, what was her name in that? Furiosa. Um, which, by the way, they're they're making a Furiosa movie, which is pretty fucking awesome. I, I, I'm digressing a little bit here just because I just uh, realized that they're making a sequel or a, a little side, um, what do they call those? spinoff of Mad Max Fury Road. Um, and part of the reason I'm getting excited is because it's, uh, it's starring Anya Taylor-Joy as a young Furiosa. And, uh, after the Queen's Gambit, (laughs) I've just been enamored with Anya Taylor-Joy. And, um, uh, and her acting and her choices. uh, Just what a great up-and-coming actress. So I'm looking forward to that. But, okay, so back to Black Widow. um, For them waiting so long for her to get her own movie. You know, I bet you it's nothing more than just the way Hollywood works. You know, the... uh, um, Aside from identity politics, I I, I just, you know... these, These Marvel movies, like or succeeding against all odds, because no one cared for Iron Man until Robert Downey Jr. jumped on it. And and I was just having this conversation with my brother-in-law and my sister about um, the Fantastic Four. Like, uh, you know, you hear people go, Oh, those movies suck, so how are they going to make a good Fantastic Four movie? Um, the same thing went for Captain America and... Thor at the time, before those movies, before Chris Hemsworth and Chris Evans um, uh, made those movies, like, I I thought, there's no way. Those characters are so lame. But we were proven wrong. So, um, yeah, a a lot of these, including Iron Man, it's against all odds, and then now they're household names. Same with Guardians of the Galaxy. So, um, you know, I guess you can apply that kind of skepticism from all of us. I mean, I'm not picking on one person. I mean, society uh, and Hollywood and the movie studios, like, uh, you know, a movie's always going to be a gamble, but more so the gamble of like a guardians of the galaxy. <laughs> like no one knew. I, I'm, I'm a huge comic book fan. I grew up with it. I've got tons of comics right here in the studio that I've collected since I was like 16. and, I doubt, if I go through, I doubt I even have one Guardians of the Galaxy comic book. And I didn't know very much about those characters. And boom, Marvel just, just you know, gambled on that. And next thing you know, Guardians of the Galaxy is a ho- household name. Like, I remember, I remember uh, walking down my neighborhood after that summer of Guardians of the Galaxy dropping and seeing, uh, around Halloween, seeing... Uh, kids with uh Star Lord masks. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> like oh, that happened super quick? Like a uh, a summer before uh you know, a Halloween before if you asked a kid who Star Lord was, they wouldn't even be able to tell you and then the next thing you know they're dressing up as Star Lord or even Black Panther. A lot of these, I mean, all in all, I'm trying to think of what, like the sure bet was. It was it was Spider-Man. Spider-Man was the sure bet. <laughs> And all of this, and then they had to go to Sony to. They had to wait till Sony was struggling with Spider Man for Disney to be like, "Hey, we'll we'll help you out." And then they brought Spider Man into the fold with the MCU movies and the Avengers movies, and that was the only um, surefire kind of bet was Spider Man um, premiering in the MCU. Everything else, including Black Widow, was a gamble. Um, and you know, I guess now that I'm. Playing all this out, Black Widow now isn't much of a gamble, but has been up until recently. I up in, up until like three or four years ago, because um, now I mean she's she's been in so many of the movies, and we've grown to uh, we've grown to get to know her throughout these movies. She's had she's had quite a bit of character development for not being um for not being like the main one of the main three you know thor captain murker or iron man but um you know um i'll back off of the uh, movie and that's my review um for uh you know and i did have some notes let me see who else is in this film because i I wasn't going to do a full-on review of this movie but uh, i at least wanted to touch on it um so, uh, let's see, it was directed by Kate Shortland, so you got a female director there, which um, they've had female directors in the Marvel movies. Um, let's see. It stars Scarlett Johansson, Florence Pugh, David Harbour, and Rachel Weiss. And kudos to Scarlett Johansson, because I'm pretty sure she picked the director and uh, made sure to surround herself with some, a great cast, especially Florence Pugh. Um, what a... What an inspired choice to have her in the movie. And then um, David Harbour. Everybody loves David Harbour. And um, Rachel Weiss. I particularly love Rachel Weiss. I think she's awesome. I, I had kind of a crush on her for, for years now. But um, aside from my crush, I think she is uh, a talented actress. And there's a reason why she's been around for so long. Uh, let's see here. Oh, and... Um, a little bit of a... What do you call that? A little bit of an Easter egg. Uh, this being a spy movie. Um, <laughs> and I do make a reference to James Bond. Um, uh, Roger Morris, James Bond, and Black Widow. But uh, Rachel Rice is married in real life to uh, James Bond, to uh, Daniel Craig. So a little bit of an Easter egg there. But anyway, like I said, I gave this movie a B-. And um, uh, my... Uh, just to kind of be more um let's see uh clear with my rating this is a film that i wouldn't tell you you have to rush to the movie theater to go watch but um when it drops uh let's see i think it's for home own like you, for you to own at home i think it's in september i think is what i saw today in the uh in the news there uh, but you can also i mean it's been day and date like you can um watch it on disney plus premium i guess if you really want to watch it but um i think this is a film that you can wait and 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 really enjoy i think it's a really 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 strong rental <laughs> so uh, moving off of that off of the uh, black widow movie i'll still stay tangentially on movies but um so i did some uh flying, some commuting, uh, via airline. And, um, I flew JetBlue, which, uh, had very little issues with it, with that airline. But, um, they had, uh, movies playing on one of the flights and everybody had the little screen behind the, you know, their front seat, the seat in front of them. They had the little screen on the back of those. And, uh, they had a lot of, uh, I, I I usually go uh, loaded for bear with my phone. It's always got movies downloaded and podcasts and um, and music and all kinds of stuff on there. So I, I don't ever uh, go unprepared. But uh, I, I do like to people watch and see what people are up to and what they're watching. And um, I did notice, let's see, uh, what's the film? Uh, Godzilla vs. Kong was one of the movies that was popular on this flight. And they had... A list of a bunch of movies, so there's quite a bit, quite a bit to choose from. So the ones I noticed was uh, Godzilla vs Kong is still getting a lot of love, uh, considering it's been out since the beginning of the year. And then the other film that I haven't watched that I'm more curious now to watch, um, even though I, I kind of stay away. I don't really care for like, um, uh, and not that this movie is this way, but I. Kind of, um, and repelled by like just any kind of like heavy-handed woke messages in movies and in art. Um, I so if if you're trying to like uh, get a message across subtly or or not or or the other direction, not subtly, just ham-fisted kind of message, then I'm it's going to take me out of the story, so I I'm not going to really care for it. But this movie in particular, I don't think is falls into this uh category after watching some of it. Uh, actually, I really wasn't watching it. I was watching someone watch it. And it's uh Judas and the Black Messiah with um oh boy, I forget the actors' name. Let me let me look it up right now. And and it's two actors that I really do like. It's uh Daniel Daniel Kaluuya and Lake Heath Stanfield and um It's about, it's about the Black, what I gather, it's about the Black Panther, um, group back in the 60s, let me see if this took place in the 60s, I think it was in the 60s or the 70s, somewhere in there, it was during the, uh, Civil Rights Movement and all that stuff, uh, Jesse Plemons is in it as well, and, uh, Martin Sheen, Dominique Fishback, yeah, um, very interesting looking, um, I, like I said, I, I'm not into identity politics and the wokeism and all the shit that's going on right now in social media and everywhere else. But that doesn't mean I don't appreciate history and um, the fight of an underdog, uh, be it a person or a group in society or just in general. Um, I, I do appreciate stories like that, and this one looks kind of like that. It looks very, um, I don't know, it, it really caught me. I, I've been hearing about it, and I've heard from people that I do respect, uh, their opinion in movies, that they, they they thought this was a strong film. And uh, I guess it just took me to watch some of it. Um, uh, a little bit out of context, because I couldn't hear it. I just was watching somebody else watch it, and... Um, the acting looked pretty strong and the content of the story looked pretty interesting. So um, I just thought it was curious that uh, I was watching people watch movies and these are the films that kind of popped up and uh, stood out was uh, the Godzilla vs. Kong film that I really enjoyed and reviewed on Mind Grenade months ago and um, and still seems to be pretty popular amongst people and Too Distant the Black Messiah, which I think I'm going to add to my list of movies to review. Uh, for uh 2000 movies. So um yeah, uh I look forward to checking that out. I just have to find out. Oh, it's got a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. Not that that matters. I, I I don't. Wow. Okay. Uh 96% critic score and a 95% audience score. That's usually a strong sign if the audience and the critics scores are uh uh Copacetic, are as long as they're uh, pretty close together, um, that means uh, that's a good sign. Uh, speaking of Rotten Tomatoes, we are pretty close to finding out whether or not um, our predictions for the Rotten on the Vine game that we play on the podcast, Ian, Jason, and Matt, uh, we uh, we uh, pick three movies and then we try to predict what the critic score is for the Rotten Tomatoes um, prior to the movies being released. Um, this The uh, latest round of movies we have is Jungle Cruise, The Suicide Squad, and Free Guy. And the Jungle Cruise is supposed to be released this coming weekend, so we should be seeing some Rotten Tomato scores for that. Um, just a little refresher, just for that one movie, I won't go through all of this, but for Jungle Cruise, I had... My Prediction at 74 percent. Ian had his prediction at 80 percent. Jason had his at 70. Matt <laughs> at 70. And uh, Matt's uh, lovely bride Katie uh, kind of joined in on this and she had it at 72 percent. Her prediction, um, and I say this, I uh, I say this unironically, I really hope Katie wins. <laughs> Just the outsider coming in and 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 um. And cleaning up would be would be uh, pretty fun for for the show. So, uh, but yeah, um, you know this Rotten Tomatoes game that we set up. Um, we're doing these three movies. We got another set of movies later. Um, let's see, I think it's September or October that I have set up. Uh, I I so hope we get some listenership involved. I am working on different ways to make that happen. But um, this is pretty fun, you know. Uh, Just, I I think Matt was explaining to Ian that it's not that we're predicting what we think the movie's going to, like, how how we are going to respond to the movie. We're predicting what the critics are, how they're going to respond to the movie. So you kind of have to be more objective, I guess, than subjective. You, You have to take your your feelings out of it to and figure out what other people's feelings is, uh, particularly critics feelings are going to be on the film. So, um, that's where, that's where it gets tricky, but, um, I think it's fun overall. So that's, uh, yep. That's our rotten on the vine, our rotten tomatoes prediction game that, uh, I feel that on our next recording, we'll, uh, we'll speak on that a little bit more broadly whenever Jason, Matt and Ian are here. So um I think I'm gonna start winding down. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up that's uh, pretty topical is the uh and, and sticking to movies is the uh, dune trailer that just dropped. It's a lot, a lot more extensive trailer than we've seen uh, previously this is man this this trailer seemed like it went on for like five minutes actually <laughs> which is which I'm glad because um, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell what approach Denny Villeneuve, the director, is going to take with this story because the previous Dune movie that was done back in the 80s was filmed by David Lynch, who is a very particular auteur of a director. Um, He's going to make the movie he wants to make. uh, His very particular vision. And... um, so I wasn't sure if this movie was going to be like the old Dune movie in its approach. I don't know um, if it was going to be uh, very esoteric like a lot of David Lynch movies are. I know Danny Villeneuve, the director of this new Dune movie, can be considered an auteur as well, but isn't as particular and... um Use the word again, esoteric, as David Lynch. I think I think um, Danny Villeneuve can make a movie that's more approachable, and uh, if you're making a movie this big, this epic, I think you need to make it somewhat approachable, like um, with the Lord of the Rings and Peter Jackson. If you watch Peter Jackson's uh, indie movies before uh, Frighteners and before the Lord of the Rings movies, um, he was very um, his movies were very weird and had a very uh, particular vision, but then he kind of broadened that when he started doing Frighteners and Lord of the Rings. Still great movies, but not as uh, narrow visioned, I guess. Is <laughs> I turned a the phrase there? It's pretty awful, but uh, um, I think I think. You're gonna want to be more inviting to a broader audience with a epic type of film. So, watching this new Dune trailer kind of made me feel better about going into this movie. Um, I'm hoping, just like with any movie, before I sit down to watch it, I'm hoping I like it. I hope this Dune movie turns out to be something that I really enjoy. Talked about this movie leading up to it quite a bit this last year, but I don't, I don't know very much about. The books and stuff i know um the books are pretty revered and um and uh, and also i've heard part of it too is that they're pretty dense with the world building but um hopefully this movie uh makes it accessible um i, I hope it kind of uh starts a franchise um I think it's got the potential for it. So um, yeah, uh, the Dune trailer, uh, check it out. So I think that's all I've got for this particular episode of the Mind Grenade podcast. So the uh, next episode should be a little bit of a reunion for Mind Grenade. Uh, Jason Ian, Matt should be in studio, and uh, that should be a fun time. It always is. Um, You can find a feed of the podcast on mindgrenadestudios.com. You can find some of the art that I've been working on I put up there recently. And what else is there to network? There's a at MindGrenade1 is the Twitter account for MindGrenade, at MindGrenade1. Leave us an email at mg2014 at gmail.com. That's M-G-T-W-E-N-T-Y-1-4 at gmail.com. I'll have that in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. This has been Hector saying so long, and we'll talk to you soon.